Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy in Dear Abby. My wife is working out of the woman Dear Abby. She thinks way too much of She had to get married. Dear Pod. So like do an, you. Elmer's glue bottle. I really? Well, that might be the light in here. But I did um, in New Hampshire go out without sunscreen on. Oh. Because I wanted just ten minutes of melanoma. Yes, just a little cancer, just just something. I felt like I just looked sick. I looked sickly, <laughs> and it's too late in the year for me to look this white. So I sat out for fifteen minutes without any SPF on. Because mm. I'm a risk taker. You should have done it yesterday when it was 109 degrees outside. I wanted to vomit as soon as I walked outside. I was just on a train filled with Haitians. Do you know how loud that is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I just got to the abortion chapter of the Sally Field book, and I'm like, I can't concentrate it wasn't on worth her it. Tijuana abortion. With all of you loud people surrounding me. With what a were they screaming baby. I don't know. Were they speaking in Haitian? Sure. <laughs> Was the screaming baby with them? Uh-huh. Just oh. like periodically. Ah! I don't like that. I like to angrily stand up and give them a glare and walk to another train car. No. Like they're responsible for me walking You can't out. do that in this heat. You will get a pen in the back of your neck. Well, but. You just can't. It's, it, was it air conditioned in there? Yeah, but I mean, it's still. Will you ever forego the comfort of air conditioning just to get a seat on a train? Yeah, I did it the other day. Yeah, it's it's the Stockholm Syndrome of I, I'm on this now and would I rather sit down and be hot and stick to the seats or stand and be air conditioned and pushed in with 5,000 other people? I've had the um, wonderful privilege of being on a nearly empty train and I like to stand by the door Sometimes for easy, yeah, yes, and use and the the last two times someone has stood directly in front of me on a nearly empty train, and then someone got on and did the exact same thing. So they kind of boxed me in. They sandwiched you, and I'm like, uh, I, and then of course I have my headphones are, and I'm like, honestly, like as if that's <laughs> going to do anything. Really, they think that you're talking to somebody. Nowhere else to stand. Yeah, remember to use the. Yeah. Bad place to stand. Bad place to stand. Inside me is a bad place to stand. You have other options. Move inside the car. I will cut a bitch in this heat too. This heat, this heat also makes me make choices that I, I wouldn't normally make. Like I had a show last night and I wore shorts to it. I would never wear shorts to a show. Shorts at night. Uh. I know, but this kind of heat makes you become instantly comfortable with your body, whether you mm -hmm. like it or not. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're most self-conscious about, mm -hmm. you'd rather be naked and have it shown off than be remotely clothed Correct. and hiding the thing you're self-conscious about. Correct. Suddenly I was like, ah, oh, I'm okay with my thighs. Yep. Mine are currently have a third degree burn because I um, somehow, that I didn't put sunscreen on just like a band. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And Marcus and my friend Emily were, they're like, do you want to go to the pool? And I looked at the pool. I'm like, uh, no, because I can't see anybody's legs, which means that's a fucking disgusting pool. 
Ew, you couldn't see them from the waist down? Right. It was thick. Was it one of those weird pools that's like, this is a natural water or a saltwater pool? This is a pool in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania. Oh, I know it. I literally was about to say the one pool that I refused to go into was in New Hope, Pennsylvania, because what they like to do is paint the bottoms of the pool black. What? So that it warms the water. No. Not kidding. And I want to see where I'm jumping in. Definitely. Yes. This is like, um, you know when you have to clean your retainer and it goes from like clear to the blue and then like thick yes. and like a little bit of foam on the top? Yes, but that's I threw mine the- out at a Papa Gino's once. <laughs> so. That's what this pool looked like. So like, why don't you come on in? It's 109 degrees outside. I said, I would rather burn to death on this fucking chair uh-huh. than be in that disgusting Thick, milky, gross, tapioca type pool. Like and you shouldn't I, have to push your way through the water to propel yourself forward. If like I'm that. walking on it and I'm not Jesus, <laughs> there's a problem. I do like the idea of a pool filled with tapioca, though. God, we have so much ground to cover because I haven't seen you for two weeks. And yet the listeners don't even know don't because know. we make our vacation seamless. First of all, where did you go on vacation? My vacation was supposed to be a uh, family reunion for my lover and his family. Mm -hmm. And then his nephew got in a horrific bike accident and was hit by a car going uh, right while he was riding his bike and has been in a medically induced coma for two weeks. So the reunion changed from a reunion to like a vigil. And has he woken up? Yes. He's, <gasps> he has. He's made this like slow, but very progressive. They were told him like, you know, you never should have resuscitated him. He's going to die. He's <gasps> going to be a vegetable. And he's he's also like a genius. He has like a perfect SAT score. <gasps> and he's made these wonderful strides and is now like, he's awake. He's alert. He was able to walk out of the hospital. He has a power brain. He's like Brene Brown or whoever had her stroke of <laughs> yeah. genius or insight. Or- he's really kind of... so. Our trip went from like, you know, staying at a, an abandoned tuberculosis hospital that has been turned into a B&B to like, <laughs> let's just use hotel tonight and tap out our, you know. Funds. Our funds and make our way through Salt Lake City, Utah. How are you going to tap out your funds in Salt Lake City? Well, I'll tell you how you do that. Oh, four seasons. Chasing the fun. Salt Lake City, Utah. And I apologize to anybody that lives there is, well, gorgeous on the outside. Mm-hmm. There's very limited hotels. It's either like $9 or like $500 a night. And I'm like, well, oh. so we decided to stay at the Plaza. Oh. And in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be great if it's anything like the Plaza in New York City. Uh-huh. Like wishful thinking. So I get out of the car and I go in. I'm like, hmm, all right, this, this could be okay. And as soon as I walked in, I texted Marcus. I'm like, I've never ever stayed in a hotel this bad and I have only gotten past the Dan and Roseanne Connor furniture in the in the lobby. <laughs> oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. The plaid couches overstuffed. Awful. Awful. Like a bookshelf with three books on it, nothing sadder. A lot of crocheted blankets around. A, an unfortunate girl, like there's something that's like like she had like the water that they drank in Aaron Brockovich, like something's like a sad eye. <gasps> And like a mustard stained T-shirt and like a handwritten sign, like drop your keys off here. I'm like, there, why is there a handwritten? Si- what? 
Welcome to the plaza. Right. Nothing was good. Can I keep your teeth? Nothing was good. The only thing that was good is when we checked into the, um, oh my God, what was it? The Marriott or the Radisson or Haven't Sheridan. you learned after your trip to Lancaster? Just go with Marriott. Don't try to True. get fancy. We, and once we did, we were like, oh, this is a hotel. It was fantastic. And there was the barbershop quartet, which was, there was a convention of barbershop quartets. Naturally. Which I know a lot of people think that's amazing. Like you do. Let me tell you, it's not. In the lobby. In the lobby. It just is like oh. like a lot of like large number of overweight men. And the only <laughs> thing that was great is like we were trying to go to the hot tub, but you had to wait for the hot tub because it was, <laughs> it was because basically like- there's being, four guys and they're going, sweet and alive. <laughs> and if we were to go in and be like interrupting someone's tub time in their personal bathroom. There's, I hate a jacuzzi though. No. Those are human stews and it's weird that it's suddenly fun. you're thrust into them with like five other mm-hmm. strangers and you feel like you have to make conversation with them but you're all baking together. You're just boiling in this right. little pot. So we waited and I had to use the restroom near there and it was by like one of the like ballrooms or whatever so no one's over there so i walk in marks and i walk in and i go up to the urine urinal i'm like oh fuck yeah take that urine oh fuck and marks is laughing then all of a sudden we hear this other laughter there was in this empty empty part of the hotel there is someone that is using this abandoned bathroom and is loving that I'm just turning on like this gay porn voice. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Oh, take that. And I heard him and I washed my hands and like, I, I don't even know if I flushed. I got the hell out of there. Marks was stuck there with this man. <laughs> you left him behind. <laughs> and just some random devout Mormon walks out and is like, I know that voice. <laughs> It would have been better if like four other heads popped up and they started doing like a four part like, <laughs> it's just music Four man. of them fell out of one stall. <laughs> They're like, Lana Rose, Rose, I'm Rose, again, Rose. Without- Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's always the bass. The bass guy of any barbershop quartet always thinks he's the shit, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you'd be nothing without me. <laughs> I make this quarter. They're harder to find, probably. Yeah, he's always the one that, you know, brings fish for lunch and microwaves. And there's the nothing office. that anybody can say. But the right. tenor is very, you know, Uppity. the tenor is not easy to find either. So he knows that he's a rare find. It's the two guys in the middle of a barbershop quartet that always have a tenuous hold on their career. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're a second, I don't know, what do you call them? Baritones? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you were at a barbershop quartet <laughs> convention. You. Oh. A- <gasps> Wait. Oh. I forgot the best part. Oh, my God. When we, went, we went to Park City, Utah, and we stayed at this amazing resort, and we went down, we went into town to get um, dinner, and we walked past the Egyptian theater, and that's when I sent you that text, I'm like, this is what's currently playing downtown. Oh, that excites me. And it was a chorus line. And I, I just like saw from a distance and I walked up and the closer I got, the more like my head was shaking. Like, no, 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 yep, no, yep. Yes. no. This is some American apparel, a millennial, a chorus line poster that I've ever fucking seen in my life. And I'm like. American apparel was too high end. 
Raw like, stress I'm for like, less. We're, we're gonna have to figure out how to see this. And they're like, "Well, it's thirty dollars." I'm like, "You've got a lot of fucking nerve to charge thirty bucks to, <laughs> yes, to see do. this." It was like, "It's the only theater within like a two hundred mile radius." I'm of like, course, they this can looks name like their price. A Jenny Craig weigh-in line. That's <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm yes. sorry. I'm an no, asshole. I I'm not that. even a working actor. I'm an asshole that yes. just said that. Yes. yes. I'm a total asshole, but let me but, just tell you that. I'm sorry, community theater in the middle of America, you can't say no to a ticket like that. You can't see that anywhere else. <laughs> it was. It, <laughs> well, compare just, it to the Cats trailer. <laughs> in the most uncomfortable things you've seen in the last You month. have some fucking nerve saying that you were moved <laughs> by that trailer. <laughs> I was moved. To the restroom. <laughs> but the best part was the internet told me how to feel, so I would I rescind. Okay. Um so the music starts for have you seen a chorus line? Live? Yes. Yeah, okay. Once. Have you? I when I first I think I saw like the, the last tour after the, the Broadway run. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this this is great. Like just amazing, phenomenal show, phenomenal show, mm-hmm. phenomenal singers, phenomenal like crazy dancing, dance, like every, just talent. Yeah, it was great. This thing starts, and I'm like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm again. It must have been audible. Like, no, 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 <laughs> uh, no. It was like as Cassie's mother is in front of you in the theater, turning around, <laughs> being like, "Do you mind? I'm trying to watch my daughter limp through the music in the mirror." Okay. Well, let me tell you, the music, first, she also had the longest Cassie dress I think I've ever seen on, because I went into like a, a chorus line K-hole. Did she trip on it? I was concerned because when she comes out and it's really, it's really long. Like it had a train? Right. It's really long and her, she's has a couple layers of Spanx, which you can see. Um, And she also has this. Updo, which I can only attribute to recently seeing Carrie with Betty Buckley, the the movie, uh-huh. as an extra at the prom scene. So it's like upswept in a comb on one side, and then these dangerous, like coils, curls, like toddlers of toddlers and Tiara. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and I thought her hair was going to fall out because it was so bleached. That every time she turned, I thought a curl fell to the floor. Was it a wig? No. Um, the guy that sings I Can Do That, Mike, is that his name? Mike? I can do that. And I don't he's even like, know. Ah, da, 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 I can do that. And every time he did it, I'm like, I don't think you can, Mike. I really don't think you can. <laughs> I really because, was gonna say, tell yeah. me you went, I beg to differ. <laughs> Mike, the- you're fucking sweating and you just bent down. Like, yeah, I don't think you can get back up. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I can't I do can't that. Do that. Were you nervous when she when somebody was ascending that high note? That makes you really I was tense. nervous a, an awful lot during that show. You white-knuckled your way through It was the a show. lot of like, you know, at the ballet and you just kind of move back yep. into your seat yep. and further back. And then all of a sudden you're on the street. Well, tell me that that's she changed was... a vowel just to hit the note because that's my favorite. That she's okay. like, at the ballet, at the ballet, at the ballet. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> at the ballet. <laughs> because my, a friend of mine 
point to a production of South Pacific where the Bloody Mary couldn't hit the note and she went, Bally high, Bally high, Bally high. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than a vowel change. Uh, oh. But then, of course, then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah, but that's it- the best way for you to spend your vacation. Do something that you can't do at home. Dance. With the music and the... I went to New Hampshire, and it was... It was a lovely time of sitting and drinking and not showering. And uh, my big thing is when I'm on vacation, I like to go to this place called Smitty's Golf. And it's a driving range in the middle of a very hot field somewhere in the bowels of New Hampshire. I'm Maybe sure I got do- a tick-borne illness. Oh, I love that. So it's it's a golfing field, basically. It's, all it is is a driving range. But they haven't covered over half of it. So you just bake in the sun when you're out there, but I still have to go just because it's run by like Smitty's third cousin that he had with his brother. I don't know who the hell it's, it's Smitty's inbred golf course. Cause you go up and you're like, Oh, this kid has been living under the stairs for about two years now. His hair was multicolored, but not like in a, an ombre kind of red, pink, whatever. No, I don't know what's wrong here, but it's like, black and then kind of brown and then sort of gray underneath. And I don't think that he's seen the light of day. Like a rescue cat? Yeah, but dirtier. Definitely. And he's sitting in this little booth that none of this, this is why I love New Hampshire. It's been untouched since 1983. It just is suspended in time and I don't want them to change a damn thing. But oh yeah, it's haunted. Oh, didn't we talk about that? Mm -hmm. Um, the light just flickered. So this kid, when you go up and you get your balls from him. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. fuck. Yeah. I like my balls. I need that bucket of balls. Oh yeah. That's not. He also tries to sell you on candy. That's been there since 1983. And I don't know why that's a thing where he's like, he doesn't speak much. You have to be the person that engages. So you go up and you're like, can I have a bucket of balls? What size? Uh, what medium. size of balls? What size of balls? Like bocce balls. Yeah, and they don't accept cards, so you better hope that you have some cash with you. And and I think they'd accept change, you know, doubloons, Sacagawea coins. I love a Sacagawea coin. Who carries cash anymore? So I had I to, like, know. prep to go there for days. Like, I had to find an ATM in the state of New Hampshire, which is not easy to do. I think that they just trade in Monopoly money. <laughs> but I went up and I got my balls from him. Oh, uh, yeah. And this was last, we go every year. We have to go every year is what we do. Oh, before Story we go any life. further, I feel like we need to address something that happened during our time away from each other that I wasn't present for, but, you know, needs to be acknowledged. Did I do something wrong? You're fired. <laughs> fired a nickel. Happy birthday to you. Oh, it's so heavy. Oh, fuck. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Debbie. Happy birthday to you. That's how we woke up on a Thursday. Let 
the listeners know it was your birthday, your day of birth. The card is addressed to Flabigail Canned Urine. Yes. This is this is the most revolting card. It is a kitty cat underneath the udders of a cow. It just felt right. The best part was and it was no blank ca- inside. Blank. <laughs> so there's no sentiment. It would have been even better if there was like nothing, not even a note from you. Just like that's <laughs> it. I definitely <laughs> thought about that. I found this in New Hampshire where cards are extra weird. There's Just like, like the nothing. kid who works at Smitty's, they're strange and make no sense. Not even like, have a good summer. <laughs> Not even congratulations. You found the, you're utterly terrific. There's no pun involved. No. Sweet, no. sweet treats for my sweet teeth. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> suck on the milk of life. You know, there's nothing <laughs> celebratory about or it. Or like, you so, suck. That would have been even. Oh, that would have been good. You should write greeting cards. I'd love You'd to. know what to do with it. But New Hampshire was like, we have this picture of a cat standing under the udder of a cow. How can we play on this? Oh, wait, we can. Oh, oh that's the sound of cheap wrapping paper that I found in our like basement. It. It's got pineapples on it. Because you know why? We're at the pineapple ranch. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Open it up. Oh, Pull fuck. it out. Put it in your mouth now. Poorhouse wine on tap, Pinot Grigio. Your very own box of wine. Just like we have discussed in oh. episodes past. Oh, yeah. That's the sound oh, yeah. of your potential alcoholic problem for the next oh, 30 yeah. days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ew, stop jerking. <laughs> this is like, this is like that thing pops, wine. I have no idea what's going to happen. We asked <laughs> for the best... I went into Total Wine and I said, what's the finest box of wine you offer, good sir? And he pointed me towards the poorhouse. Literally amazing. and figuratively. This looks a little bit different than Franzia. Well, I know. We, wa- we want to sway you to understand if a boxed wine is a worthwhile wine. And you're doing um, a little bit of field work for our person who wrote in asking if canned wine was okay or boxed wine was okay well, for this, a party. This looks like elite wine. It is. It's bougie boxed wine. Wine on tap. I know. So you tap the blood of your oh, poor house, oh, Christ. You tap it and you leave it in your fridge and you can drink from it. You can suck from the teat of your wine for the next month. It's supposed to last you 30 days. It'll and they say it's vacuum minutes. sealed. Oh, I know. Well, that's the thing. Once I go home and watch Big Little Lies, it's over. Hook it to your veins. <clears throat> so I hope you enjoy your box of wine. Please I report back to the listening audience because they much. want to know how poor house is. And we also got a different box of wine oh. so we can do a taste test. Oh. Just see. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, wow. It's been about an hour since you and I have been talking. <laughs> so I think it's time for me to say welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy welcome. advice podcast. I'm your host, Chiwetel Ejiofor. <laughs> Grab that one out of the ether. <laughs> and I'm Sonny Von Bulow. And we're coming to you from the Maha uh, Bar and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? <laughs> yep, we're all, all alone right. again. Okay. That's it. Yep, we're, we're right on point. Yeah, um, so yes, we are back after we took our break, but you never even knew it happened, dear listeners. We went on vacation without you, but we are seamless. We are fabulous, and we are coming back to you. This week with some new articles, uh, we are a comedy advice podcast that looks back at bygone 
advice columns. We break them down. We obviously go off on tangents that have to do no. with uh, barbershop quartets, cheap productions of Chorus Line, uh, Cats trailers. And also, we are going to try our hand again this week at dispensing wisdom of our own by answering your listener mail, which is our newest favorite thing to do. So please, if you have an advice question that needs it answering, will you please write to us at our new email address, which is questions at dearpotofficial.com. We give you old school advice for new school problems. And be sure and follow us on all of your social media at Dear Pot Official across the board for picks and cocktail recipes, which we will be sharing a new one today. Very <sighs> exciting. Yes. Oh, fuck, bro. What else do they want to do? They want to raid. So the theme today is popularity. That's right. Popular. We are going to discuss popularity because Pop- these women are the ones who had their finger on the pulse of what it is to be popular and mainstream. Anne thought she knew so much about it that she wrote a pamphlet on it called A Key to Popularity, or The Key to Popularity by Anne Landers. And what I love about this, and I'm going to post this picture on Instagram, is that from the neck up, she's all business as usual. But from the neck down, she looks like a pimp circa 1973. She has yeah. a huge gold medallion. And yeah. look at those wing-tipped... Shirt, whatever the what do you call those things when your shirt collar. is all yeah, she that looks is like incredible, yeah, she's very pimped out from the neck down. You know, what's kind of funny is that uh, someone else wrote a pamphlet on popularity, too. What Abby did, yeah, she girl. did, yeah, girl, a competitor's popularity guide. Mm-hmm. Did you purchase this? Did you find it online? I did not. Well, I found this be on well, eBay. good for fucking you. We're going to take a look at the popularity guide. We're going to take a look at what these sisters had to say when people wrote to them asking questions on how to be popular because nobody knows more than a 60-year-old woman (laughs) with with so much hairspray in her hair that if you put an industrial fan on her, she wouldn't even budge from the place she was standing. That's correct. So why don't you tee us up, Smitty's golf style? All right. This is from the Northwest Herald, Woodstock, Illinois, February 26th, 1987. And Abigail has a nice shorter quaff. Oh. It's nice. Let's just Can take I a see? Little, take a gander. Oh. Beautiful, right? Oh, it's very smart yeah. and sassy. Almost like a, like a mock turtleneck. It was her fall cut. Yeah. Sensible. Exactly. Mm. A heavy lip. A dark <laughs> rinse. Okay. Dear Abby. I'm a very attractive 17-year-old girl. Get over yourself. <laughs> I am also a ro- <laughs> I am a very attractive 17-year-old girl. I am also a romantic person, but my relationships never last any more than 2 weeks, maybe 3. I don't know what's wrong. I am a very outgoing person, but I've never had one relationship that lasted. I'm still a virgin. Maybe that's my problem. Is it true that nowadays you have to have sex in order to make a relationship last? I started seeing a guy a couple weeks ago, but he is very pushy. He has too many hands and I get worn out trying to protect myself. He told me he he told me he probably wouldn't be calling me again. Could my virginity be standing in the way of my popularity? Ooh. I would like to have a good relationship with a guy, but I'm not ready to include sex. Am I weird or what? Hurting in Hartford. Dear Hurting, you are not weird, and you are no dope. 
All relationships do not include sex. Many long-standing relationships are based on friendship and mutual interest. If you are being made to feel that the price of going out is putting out, you are being blackmailed. Stick with your principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, I am a very attractive. I am 17. hot. <laughs> I am seventeen. I am hot. I am sexy, but I'm not putting out suckers. <laughs> I am. Se- I would say check your ego first. Damn it! Look at Abby. Many, many good relationships don't have sex involved. Ask me and Jules. I haven't slept with him for thirty-three years now. What advice columnist is going to be like, no, you honestly, you should be fucking around all the time. You should fuck everything. You should just get it done. What's you're just leading these people on. You should take if it If you're out very attractive, then show them your very attractive vagina and be done with it. <laughs> I want, I know what, what especially. <laughs> what advice columnist is going to be like, no, no, God, like, can you no, imagine? No, no, just open your they, legs, do it. Get it out of the way. Thing, like there would be like a flood of like l- male, male being like, are you nuts? Well, yeah. Bitch, are you crazy? The best way to be popular. She fucked my dad. She <laughs> fucked everybody. I hope my you're happy. just fucked everybody. Because of what you said, Abby. That oh, you should- she's popular, all right, and sore. <laughs> she's popular and she walks like she just got off a horse. Are you happy? Are you happy what you did, what you told my daughter to do? I actually wouldn't be surprised if Abby's like, ah, fuck it, give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> just just do it once. Let's yeah. see. Look, if you want to increase your popularity in school, word gets around that you have you huge You gotta tatas. advertise, kid. Yeah, put it out. Do it. Um, mm. Have we explored that? I just think it's funny. <laughs> the idea of, why not take the counterpoint? Just once. Mm -hmm. Every other advice columnist is going to say, of course you're right. You hold out for marriage. And just because you put out doesn't mean you're going to be popular all of a sudden. Just one person give a counterthought. You be you. No. Absolutely. If people know you're putting out, you're more likely to be invited to parties. (laughs) So open up. Get on that horse. Get yourself a nice, sturdy birth control pill. Slap in an IUD and you'll be the most popular girl in school. Start with sucking on popsicles. Maybe four (laughs) times a day. Work your way up. Yeah. Then take a frozen cucumber and start inserting it inside of your vagina. I also recommend walking up and down the hallways of your high school, eating a banana slowly and making (laughs) eye contact with all the boys. Give it a whirl. See what happens. If you're not popular within a year, then come back to me and we can go back to virginity. (laughs) See if it works. I mean, I don't, I don't know if like the popular people in my high school were connected with being like loose. It wasn't about being trampy in order to become popular. Yes, I used a vintage term, trampy. Tramp. 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 You, you harlot. harlot. <laughs> She's got loose morals. Jinx, you owe me a box of wine. <laughs> it's not the only thing that's loose inside of her. Her teeth. (laughs) You can take them out. You'll be the most popular girl in school. I'm telling you right now. I like that article. That was a good one. It was stupid. It was a good way to start, you know? Your turn. You check your phone one more fucking time. I'll rip your tits off. (gasps) Joke's on you. If you can find them, you can have them. I just thought they melted in the heat. 
Yeah, that's the story I'm telling <laughs> telling everybody. They melted when I was 13. I don't know, they were 13. here yesterday. It was really hot, though. I went to Aruba once. I came back. My tits were gone. It's amazing. So sad. All right, let's talk about some Ann Landa's Guide to Popularity. Oh, well, I do have the Key to Popularity Guide right in front of me, so I could take a little reference to this. She basically tells you in five pages, be a friend, be interested in other people, and that will make you popular. But I like that the final article on her guide on how to be popular is, don't be a chump. At this point, I'd like to caution you all to beware. Don't do the right thing for the wrong reason. Too often, the overweight girl with the thick glasses spends half the night writing a 2,000-word essay for the handsome lug who sits in front of her in English class. When prom time rolls around, he asks the redhead with the vacant stare. There's a difference between being of service and being a chump. Don't confuse the difference. The difference between chimp and chump is you. <laughs> oh! All right. Already? All right, already. Sister Sledge. From Le Grand Observer... June 20th, 1961. Mm. Popular 15-year-old asks how to protect reputation. Very similar to your 17-year-old yeah. friend. Ready? She's her neighbor. It's, it's probably just her two years before <laughs> writing to the other sister. I'm really curious. I'm a really hot 15-year-old. <laughs> I'm very popular oh. and very attractive. How unfortunate for me to be this gorgeous <laughs> and under... Underappreciated. Okay, ready? Dear Ann Landers, I'm a very unhappy girl who will be 16 in September. I've always been grown up for my age, and I started to date when I was 12. What? I guess you'd call me popular because I have always had more dates than I could accept. Some nights I go out with one fellow from 7 to 10 p.m. and another one from 10 to 1 a.m. What? I'm beginning to worry about my reputation, you think? It seems that the very first time I go out with a guy, he tries to paw me. I have necked with a few fellows, I'll admit. But I am not interested in making friends through the Braille system with this whole school. Please tell me how I can protect my reputation. Popular, but decent. Do you... <laughs> wait. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you want to talk about her before go or ahead. after? Go ahead. Dear P but D... One way you can protect your reputation is to cut out the second shift. <laughs> a girl who has to stagger the traffic suggests she needs more company than sounds reasonable. No doubt a few of the fellows you have necked with have been performing as publicity agents. Try a new approach. Hands off one and all. And don't go out with every fellow who asks you for a date. If you're selective, it'll do wonders for your reputation. I You're pure trash, Anne! <laughs> I don't know why I'm popular. I have one date from 6 to 8. I have another date from 8 to 8.30. I have another date from 9 to 10. I have another date. It's like, girl, Like, let's move this along. I have I have three guys that are waiting in the hallway. That's right. And, and I'm I need not to lube taking, up. Yeah, I'm not taking loads until 10. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it when I'm sipping something. <laughs> no deliveries until 11.15 p.m. I've told you. You can enter through the back door. There's parking in the rear. 
Anal's at 11.30. Everybody knows that. What kind of girl do you think I am? I also have a spot available at 1.30 a.m. if anybody wants to come over. I've installed a turnstile at my front door. What a trashy girl. Since 12. 12. She's been doing this since 12. How the, where the, this when, is when 1961. the fuck did she do her homework? <laughs> I don't know how I fit everybody in. Literally. <laughs> Sometimes I have to take two dicks at once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to hit the marks. I'm trying to reach a quota by the end of the month, Anne. I am 12 years old, and this vag isn't going to screw itself. I love McDonald's so much, I adopted their slogan, over one million serves. <laughs> I also like that she says, I like this phrase, actually, that she doesn't, she's not interested in making friends with the whole school through the Braille system. Meaning hands-on. No, I got it. Thank oh, you. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Thank you, you Miss Sullivan. I got it. You looked at me vacantly. I felt the need to explain what Braille was. No, I'm looking at you vacantly water, because Anne. I also... <laughs> Say it, Anne. Water. Water. Say it. <laughs> Braille sounds a lot like, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm not interested in the... What would the Braille system be? Because she only has two nipples unless all of a sudden she has a really bad case of back acne. Oh, she's got measles. <laughs> don't you read Braille backwards or something? <laughs> like what? from right to left? I don't know because I'm looking at you. Well, I you're colorblind. Know. You should know something of wow. blindness. Yeah, here it is again. I'm bringing it back out. Are, have we done enough on this? I think we actually I think have. she's done enough. I think she's it. done enough of these people. Oh, fuck. What a, a second shift. She's It's 1960 and she's 15 years old. Like- when I was growing up back in the day, and that was the 80s, I can't ever picture being like, oh, I'm going to take another guy from 10 to 1. This girl is pure trash. Where the hell are her parents? Like, I oh, know. no, no, Sally just went out again. From 10 to 1 on a school night. From 10 night. to 1. Yeah, two guys waiting for her outside. Uh, one guy picks her up, another guy drops her off, and nobody seems to be concerned about uh -huh. this. And I like that now she's getting uppity. It's like, well... I don't want to. I don't want to make friends by sleeping with everybody in school. What I mean, there's only doing? two people left. Who's left to sleep with? Just the girls. She's going to start to make her way over. That's fine. Give me another. All right. Oh, this is a very beautiful picture. Oh, oh my God! I have to do something about your printer. I know that you're colorblind, Shut but up. you can't see that that just printed out black. <laughs> we do need to start taking pictures. The pantograph. Bloomington, Illinois. The hell it's, is the pantograph? It's obviously a newspaper. Who decided obviously. on that? Where does that come from? I don't know. Maybe I'm mispronouncing Vaudeville? it. Vaudeville? The pantograph, Bloomington, Illinois, December 22nd, mm -hmm. 1965. Oh, we're in the 60s. Dear Abby, please answer two questions for me. Number one. Can you, in your own brief but to-the-point style, give teenagers the key to being popular in both sexes? Two, am I dreaming or have I somewhere seen a book you called Dear Teenager? And if so, where may I get one? Signed, Mother of Three in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, maybe it's the mother of Smitty's golf course, kid. <laughs> My son has been living under the stairs for about 17 years now. He's just emerging into a regular society like a like a backwoods debutante. He does like to sleep in the the middle drawer in my bedroom. 
<laughs> it's a little uncomfortable when my husband and I are making love and he joins us. And I've just introduced him to solids. How can I get him out into the popular world? Mother of teen. Or mother of three and keen. Dear mother, number one, the quote unquote key to being popular with both sexes is be kind be honest, be tactful. If you can't be beautiful or handsome, be well-groomed, tastefully attired, trim of figure, and keep a smile on your face, all caps. Oh. Be clean in body and mind. If you're not a, a brain, try harder. If you're not a great athlete, you can be a good sport. Try to be a standout in something. If you can't dance, sing, or play an instrument, think for yourself, but respect the rules. Be generous with kind words and affectionate gestures, but save the heavy artillery for later. You'll be glad you did. If you need help, ask God. If you don't need any, thank God. Number two, you aren't dreaming. Any wide awake bookstore can get it for you. Also, How to Be Popular is for everyone who feels left out and wants to improve social life. It's an excellent guide to becoming a better conversationalist and more attractive person. To order, send your name and address, plus check or money order. For $2.89, $3.39 in Canada, to Dear Abby, Popularity Booklet, P.O. Box, 447, Mount Morse, 61054, postage. Oh, sneaky advertising. First of all, Word salad, Abby. Is she hammered when she's writing this response? Be kind, but not too kind. Look left. Look right before crossing. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> it's just that she's using phrases that were sort of just general. It's just crap. That's a crap answer. She's giving you one positive and one negative. If you need help, ask God. If you don't, fuck it. Eat a black and white cookie. Or don't if you don't feel like it. Take time for that after bath splash with Gina Tay. Oh, wait. Drink coffee. Then drink water. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. One finger. Two fingers. Three fingers. Repeat. Fist. If you need help, ask a friend. If not, ask, pray to God. If you need help, don't ask me. <laughs> and just, just fact, she's just, she's just spouting off words. Keep a smile on your face. Don't be fat. Have a nice smile. Don't be slovenly. Don't be fat was one of them. St like, stay trim. Stay trim. No one likes a pig. <laughs> walk outside. Walk inside. Walk to the side. Walk back to the side. Have clean clothes. She's basically saying, don't be homeless. Have don't a be, job. Don't be disgusting. Don't be a fucking nightmare. But How then about the next that? phrase, she's Yeah, like, I have a book. Yeah, I have a book. And a booklet. Check it out, genius. You can get it if you send me money. Send me change in the mail. She was definitely high when she was, re she was responding to this it one. It was 1965. Absolutely. Every reason to be high. Yeah. My husband just bought me a hookah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you another Abby. Uh, oh, yeah. Fuck. I mean, Anne. Oh, oh fuck, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to give you another Anne. So oh, give it to along. me. All right. This is from the Fort Lauderdale News, November 1st, 1967. Oh, fuck. Title, 
popularity hides behind cornball. Mm-mm. Dear Ann Landers, two years ago, when I was 12, he could have just said I'm 14. <laughs> I don't do math, but even that was good for me. Easy. Two years ago, when I was 12, I wrote you a letter and asked you how to be popular. I felt like the ugliest and dumbest person in the whole world. When I received your answer, I was really mad at you. Your reply was so cornball that I wanted to write again and ask you to send me a nickel because I felt I had wasted a stamp. Two weeks later, I found your letter stuck in a book. I thought I had thrown it out. I read it again. You wrote, the way to have a friend is to be one. If you want to be interesting to others, you must be interested in others and show it. Suddenly, I wasn't mad anymore. It made sense. I decided to try it. I forced myself to smile and speak to people I ignored for years. I discovered a lot of nifty kids all over the place. I thought, gee, they have changed. But I came to realize that I was the one who had changed. Pretty soon, I wasn't thinking about my ugliness and my dumbness anymore. I was thinking about how neat it was to be friendly. After a while, I didn't feel ugly or dumb anymore. So now I am writing to say thank you and to ask you to print my letter. If it worked for me, it can work for others. When I get a few dollars ahead, I am going to send you a nice gift to show you my appreciation. You changed my life. Signed, The New Me. I want to punch this little kid in the neck and throw him (laughs) off his bike. Sign the new me, the 14-year-old me, changed forever at age 14. Isn't it magical, everybody? You know who this was? This was Joel Austin when he was a kid. Oh, I hate him. Don't you just want to push him off a cliff? I want to push you off the cliff because if you read this anymore. (laughs) Don't shoot the messenger. Her response is, dear new you. Your letter was a beautiful expression of appreciation, and I am grateful. As for a gift, I never discourage giving because I know that giving does as much for the giver as for the receiver. So, if you want to do something nice for me, put a couple of dollars in an envelope and send it to your local heart fund. And when I first read this, I thought she was going to say, put a couple dollars in an envelope and send it to P.O. Box 7890 and land as care of my guide on how not to be a friggin' nerd to all your friends, you stupid chotch. I gave you some advice, and now you took it to the next level, Mr. Osteen. Why don't you stand up in front of a congregation and beat it into everybody's brain? Aren't you precious? It's always nice to give and receive. A lot of times I've spent many nights giving and not receiving, but I've been receiving a lot lately. Lord knows I don't t- want to receive from Jules anymore. Every time he says, take it out and sniff it, put it in your mouth. I am full on receiving lately. <laughs> I'm on the receiving end of your nerdiness, you dork, you knew you. A lot you of times you'll your... see me on my hands and knees praying that I'll be receiving more. I'm glad also that you took the time to establish that when you were 12 two years ago, when you could have just said, I'm 14 and I'm not a nerd anymore. Thank you so much. Nifty kids, nerd. Even I would push you over. And I know I could. I have very pointy fingers. (laughs) This kid, I like that. You and I had the exact same reaction to this kid, which was, oh, I hate this kid. I, you, I can't stand a precocious kid. You know, kids who are, who are raised beyond their years somehow. 
You ever, like, I was sitting on the train once across from a family that had a precocious kid, and they were encouraging her, you know, that sort of like, oh, isn't this funny? She's talking loudly and in very, very elaborate words for everybody to clearly hear. You know somebody's agenda? You mean Bernadette Peters? Don't write a letter when you want to live. Don't come here to it. What are you singing? That's Bernadette Peters. Singing what? Belly high, <laughs> belly high, belly high. <laughs> I'm just going to deliver every line with my eyes wide open. Precocious. Uh, I hate a precocious child. Oh, you know what? You know what I think it's time for? I think that we've Who's earned this. Who's douching who? <laughs> Who's zooming who in? Listen a mail. Listen a mail. Don't be precocious. Wait, let's let's barbershop quartet listener mail right now. I'll take the baseline. Listen. You can be replaced like that, Paul. Do you know that? You're a baritone. There's 20 of you. There's only one of me, and I'm a bass. I think it's time for listener mail. All right. All right. We have, uh, we've got a couple of questions from our at-home audience. That's right. And if you want to be part of listener mail, please send us your questions to questions at dearpodofficial.com. Did I mention that we have a website, dearpodofficial.com? You can go over there, you can look around, you can find all of our old episodes, and you can write to us with your advice questions. This week, we've got two of them. One of them is actually very pertinent to the topic of popularity. Would you not agree? Yes, and I think you're <laughs> going to have to read them because I don't have them printed out. God damn it! Well, because the way that you give them to me is... Why do I, I assume- pay you in diet coffee? Diet coffee? <laughs> oh my... Fucking hell! What is oh. this? Oh, I can't wait for round two of today. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get more tapioca head. Give me a Pepsi. A Pepsi free. A Pepsi. If you want a Pepsi, you're going to have to pay for it. Remember that from Back to the Future? I, I, I remember that from Back to the Future, but I like it when people call it Pepsi-Cola. I like it. It's vintage. We'll bring it back. All right. It's my this preferred product if anybody ever wants to send anything. Uh, oh. I'm a Pepsi person. And please Diet send Pepsi. your Pepsi Diet to Pepsi. Patrick. Diet Pepsi-Cola. Questions at DearPodOfficial.com. I think you can send Pepsi through the mail. I think you can, and I will accept Diet Pepsi. You would take a liquid that somebody, some random mysterious stranger sent you in the mail. I want you to think about this before you open this up. I've been taking a lot of liquids from anonymous strangers. (laughs) So bring on the Pepsi. Dear Pod Official, I'm old. 54 to be exact. As a relative oldster... I got on the internet before there was an interwebs. When I was young, cute, and single, people didn't exchange pictures online because most people didn't have scanners, digital cameras weren't a thing yet, etc. So people who did hot chat in the primitive chat software, and AOL Instant Messenger and the like, but that was at least 1990, just had words, no pictures. The kids have gone from blog to Facebook posts to tweets, emojis, and Instagram. Social media has lowered the word count and upped the image ante. I'm old. Although I have an Instagram handle slash account, I don't do a lot of selfies. I tell those that ask, what's your Instagram, that Instagram is for pretty people. The youngins take pictures of themselves because they're still young and cute or can be excused if they're not always looking their best. Now with this face app, they're intentionally trying to make themselves look old. They're insane. Having said all that, here's the actual question. 
if I'm not a pretty person, should I still go on Instagram with pictures of myself? I could just take pictures of random funny things to attract followers, but I'm not that attractive. Signed, average old white chick. Oh. Okay. Here is Anne's response. Hit it. Dear AOWC, <laughs> this world full of social media with the face crap and the snatch chat and the girls with mouse noses and flower halo filters that make them look like Japanese boys makes me so anxious I start my day with half a Xanax before I even take in my morning gin. <laughs> the pressure to keep up appearances is greater than ever, but that's all it is. Appearances. If you see half of these so-called influences in person, I'm sure most of them actually look like Eric Stoltz in the classic film Mask. Cher is a national treasure. There's a filter for every face. We'd like to think this is a new practice, but I've been making Jules smear a healthy portion of Vaseline on our Coca-Cola brownie star flash camera before he ever dares take a photo of me. I wish, I wish... This social media would die off like my sex drive. But I understand, like rock and roll, it's here to stay. It's a necessary evil for most. A handy-dandy tool to connect with fans, potential business associates, or your ex, who you hope gets fat before you do. Bear in mind, this reality is not real. You can bend it to your will. In the irreverent words of my ex-boyfriend, Albert Einstein, reality is merely an illusion, albeit a persistent one. God, I hope he gets fat first. You should absolutely post pictures of yourself if you feel so inclined. Just find your own unique take on it. In a sea full of waxy-looking brunettes with huge cans and pouty fish lips, set yourself apart. Learn to lean into those days when you feel like you look like Marv Albert. Draw on a mustache or drag your hair over your face and write, felt cute, I don't know, might delete later. Celeste Barber has made a wonderful living out of skewering these insta-celebs by making herself the everyman in an oversaturated field of, field of vapid girls forcing their boyfriends to take shots of them in bow pose on top of Machu Picchu. As Eleanor Roosevelt once said, you be you, boo-boo. You're more likely to get attention by standing out, not fitting in. You can't keep up with the Kardashians, so don't even try. And why would you want to? Kim's ass has more air pressure than my Pontiac's rear tires. Bam! <sighs> my abs got to work out on that one. Wow. I know. That is amazing. Well. She's really. It's how she feels. She's got the finger on the tip of my penis. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God. I know my mother stopped listening years ago. Probably after the birth. Probably after we put her in this room and made her listen to us. Yeah, well, seemed like she was having a good time. She kept trying to blink twice in the hopes that somebody would get her out of here. Nobody did. Nobody did. Okay, what's your response? What's Abby's response? Dear, dear average white chick, right off the bat, do me a favor and never, ever refer to yourself as average. Seems like you need a healthy dose of self-love. Did you know that Audrey Hepburn once said of herself that she never thought she'd land in pictures with a face like hers? And look at her now. Dead, but <laughs> Academy Award-winning actress and women everywhere trying on the perfect little black dress to be just like her. Mm -hmm. Her image is emblazoned on posters, pocketbooks, keychains, mugs, t-shirts, prophylactics, you name it. 
Granted, they are all images of her from playing Holly Golightly in Bre- Breakfast at Tiffany's, where she played a prostitute. But my point is, she didn't think much of her looks, but obviously many did. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. And Marilyn Monroe once said that imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius, and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Granted, she had more anxiety issues than a herd of cats trapped in a washing machine and eventually killed herself. But my point is, both of these women are held in such high regard that they are considered legends. Icons of the golden age of film, yet held some of the the same beliefs we all have about ourselves. This world we live in of instant gratification and addiction to technology, so much so that people are literally walking into traffic and off cliffs just for what? Likes? Popularity? To be an influencer? What are you influencing? Suicidal tendencies? People are crafting the perfect pictures, and yet that's all that they are. Pictures. Most interesting interesting people I know really have images of themselves all around their homes, social accounts, or what have you. They're out living in the world. Many people I, I do not like, nor find particularly interesting, usually have images of themselves everywhere. I'm looking at you, Marguerite Richards. Their image littering every single available counter space in their home. It reeks of insecurity. They may be considered beautiful, but their self-promotion reeks of inauthentic narcissistic behavior. People who like soup. People who are hoarders. Guy Fieri. They all have Instagram accounts and no one is stopping them. And if you have ever eaten at a Guy Fieri establishment, let me tell you that that man has no business advertising anything whatsoever, especially hair care or burgers. When I was growing up, we had a neighbor, Loretta Winkler Jones, a jumble of a name, but a looker all the same. Every time I had to go over to drop off the occasional cup of soup, egg, or homework assignment, I was always overwhelmed by the amount of pictures of her all over the place, bookshelves laden by her 8 by 10 portraits of her on a horse, at a pageant, on the Nile, but she was always alone, except for that damn horse, and even he looked bored. There was an air of sadness, just images of her all over the place. Have you ever looked at someone's social account and witnessed image after image of just them? Not a sunset or a puppy, but them looking perfect. Perfect in a turtleneck, perfect in their jammies, perfect during childbirth, but alone. Picture after picture. What story does that tell? What do they like? Well, I'll tell you. They like themselves. This is your life, white chick. Make up your rules. Change your own script of thinking you're average or not pretty. There is a lid for every pot. Hugh Hefner has had many lids, and let me tell you, that is not a pretty pot. But there are women, girls, even fawning over him time and time again, despite that ridiculous silk robe getup. Do not sell yourself short. By doing so, you might be missing out. Don't let your social media game rob you of yours. Post a picture of yourself shaving your legs, or your friend's legs, or your friend's at book club. Post a picture of your cat or your lunch or whatever makes you happy. Post a Kathy cartoon that makes you laugh. Post an image of that damn cat that says, hang in there, because maybe someone needs to see that damn cat. Hell, we're all falling from trees at some point in our lives. People will get to know you and see beauty through your lens. Don't be so concerned with attracting followers. Be concerned with being authentic. You're beautiful, my dear, so stop saying you're unattractive. Don Rickles. Now that's unattractive. That was lovely. I almost want to put um, American type inspirational music underneath that. That like da 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 da. Wait, is that when people graduate? Is that that song? Yeah, pomp and circumstance. There you go. Put some pomp and circumstance under that bat daddy right there. 
You want you want another listener mail? Oh yeah, give it to me. Listener mail. All right. Oh, not so fast. No. Okay, gently, gently. Here's question number two. Dear Pod, I can be a little old-fashioned in that I like being on time for things. <laughs> Living in New York, I understand that there must be at least a 10-minute grace period for social gatherings due to the dumpster fire that is the conglomerate of the MTA, <laughs> LIRR, New Jersey Transit, and traffic. My issue arises with my spouse. They are late to figuratively everything. When we are going somewhere together, they frequently ignore both the realities of how long it takes to get places in NYC, but also disregard agreed-upon or mandated times. For example, if we're meeting people at 7, they see no issues with arriving at 7.30, 7.45, which I find obnoxious and rude. But it gets really bad when we have something like a flight or a show. We always end up rushing at the very end and barely make it by the seat of our pants, which I find irritating, anxiety-inducing, and uncomfortable. I hate rushing, particularly in airports where society almost always completely breaks down. When I try to make them aware of the time, I am a nag. When I'm upset because we're rushing, I'm a grump. If I insist they start getting ready because we have to leave in X amount of time, I'm being condescending and pushy. I feel like I can't win. All I want is to get where I'm going in a reasonable amount of time without being stressed or rushed. What can I do? Signed, pleadingly, punctual. All I want is a room somewhere. Far away from the L-I-R-R. <laughs> Look, this, this, this question really hits hope for me. me I got to say, well. it gives me so much. I am such a hyper-punctual person that... Uh, to hear about people who like intentionally sort of drag their feet getting ready. Oh, I can't. All right. I'm going to give you Abby's answer to this though. Abby, what's wrong with me? I'm going to give you Anne's answer. Are you ready? Uh, yes, you are. Well, He's here. Jesus is here. So this is signed pleadingly punctual. Dear punk, yours is a pain I know all too well. Bless his heart, but my jewels is slower than the second coming Christ. If we have dinner plans, I make him start getting dressed the night before just to ensure he shuffles out the door by 5 p.m. the following day. Seriously, watching the man tie his shoes is like Chinese water torture. I never imagined as a grown woman I would be saying, over, under, around, and through, meet Mr. Bunny Rabbit and pull through <laughs> to my husband, but such is my lot in life. And such is yours if you decide to stay married to Miss 11th Hour. As a hyper-punctual person, it's difficult to understand why chronic latecomers can't just hurry the hell up and get places on time. But there may be more to it than just setting a toodle phone alarm. Dr. Jeff Conti, associate professor of psychology at San Diego State University who has studied lateness, says that there are deep-rooted personality characteristics at play, making it a very difficult habit to break. He said telling a late person to be on time is like telling a dieter not to eat so much. If it were that easy, we wouldn't have Weight Watchers and Oprah would be out of a job. So, fight psychological fire with fire, I say. Employ FST, or FIST, fake start time. This fisting approach will help your wife get to your desired location without making her feel like you're rushing, judging, or just trying to be a person who arrives in a goddamn timely manner. If you have to be somewhere at four, tell her the start time is three. 
Always set her time ahead one hour like that creepy mountain time no one understands. I realize fist doesn't work in all situations, like standard 8 p.m. showtimes. Set a lure by telling her a surprise is waiting for her before the show and you need to be to the theater by 7. When you arrive, say, surprise, you made it on time! And then duck, as I am sure she will take a swing at you. But at least you'll be where you need to be and in a public place where she will be less likely to kick you in the hourglass. Fist often and fist well, my friend. Or find a good divorce lawyer and hope he shows up on time. Godspeed. Literally. Bam! I like that fisting approach. I know you do. Yeah. It's the less painful version. Eh, depends on the day. Depends on the fist. Depends on your relaxation. Well, I'm pretty relaxed right now. So I appreciate Jim's manicure right now, if you know what I mean. Oh, Anyway, happy fisting. Happy fisting, everybody. Here is Abigail's. Okay. Dear Punctual, Mother Mary herself would be late if she had to make her way in Manhattan relying on the MTA, Long Island Railroad, or New Jersey Transit, or cab, in fact. Cabs in this city during a heat wave is like a boiling slice of bologna sitting in a styrofoam cup that reeks of a wet band-aid. It is true that in this city, you are either 10 minutes early or 10 minutes late. There are many tricks to get you moving, but if you want to get somewhere on time as opposed to being 45 minutes to an hour late, then do what I have done. Leave. Nothing motivates someone more than being left behind. Slip on your shoes, snag your keys, your pocketbook tickets, grab your bowling bag and head for the door and simply yell out, I'm leaving and get the hell out of there. Simple as that. If you and your partner cannot agree to be on time for something, isn't it better for at least one of you to show up on time than the both of you being consistently late? It is a total disregard for the other people's time and is utterly disrespectful. If the shoe was on the other foot, wouldn't you give them the side eye and a glance at your tennis watch as they sauntered in late to your cocktail party once again? I remember one time. We had tickets to the opening night of Cats in Chicago, and boy, was I ever excited. The rush and energy of that crowd to experience the magic of grown-up men and women writhing around in 80s lycra, purring, adorned with fake fur and covered in Renaissance fair-style face paint. (laughs) I had my wardrobe for the night laid out and ready. My hair was done two hours ahead of curtain by Vicky and Tony, naturally. Nails a beautiful shade of plentiful pink to match the stones in my ear of the earrings that my mother gave me upon my graduation from college. My beautiful fur was from Adriana Furs, back from storage, as the commercial suggested. I, too, want to feel the warmth and luxury that I deserve. Adriana Furs. Catchy, right? (laughs) As I stood there waiting 15, 30, 45 minutes, we're going to be late and Sonny will not hold the car for long. Finally, I turned on my navy crystal emblazoned heels and said, Sweetheart, You look at me, and you look at me good. You're taking a cab, and I'm taking Sonny, and I will not be late tonight. Well, no man I know backs down from a challenge. Somehow, someway, as Sonny grabbed the handle to the Lincoln Continental, who was there to grab my hand? Well, wouldn't you know it, there he was. I don't know how he managed 20 blocks to meet me at the theater, but there he is. This woman waits for no man, and maybe... And maybe he needed a little reminder of that. Just because we're legally bound doesn't mean that we need to be socially handcuffed. 
If your bow doesn't like your little trick, then tough. As my friend Barry Longfellow once said, men can hold your purse, men can hold your hand, men can pump your gas, but a man will never stand in my way. Now hold my purse. I gotta take a dump. (laughs) The first t-shirt that we make is gonna say, hold my purse, I gotta take a dump. The next t-shirt will be, I'm divorced, but I'm very happy. (laughs) I'm very happy. I'm a very attractive 17-year-old girl. (laughs) Who's been sleeping with five men a night since I was 12. (laughs) I don't understand why I'm not popular. I'm not having, I'm not actually sleeping with them. I'm just fucking them. (laughs) I don't know what everybody's talking about sleeping. There's no time to sleep. Why would I sleep when I could explore my sexuality with six dicks in me at one time? Starting at noon and ending at 2 a.m. Well, this has been quite an illuminating episode. I think the only way to finish it off is, of course, with... A circle jerk. No, that's the next best thing. We have to do one thing before the circle jerk, which is... Specialty cocktail! Specialty drink! Specialty cocktail! Wow. I really love this. Cocktail! Cocktail! I love that our licensed mixologist is wearing a leather zipper mask and it's 109 degrees outside. Well, it's all part of the uh, allure and the mystique of the Pineapple Ranch and specifically the Maha'a Lounge. If you heard some shaking in the background, that wasn't my early onset Parkinson's. It was the shaking of our mixologist in residence today, which is James. And um, with the theme popularity being the theme this week... Uh, I am very popular. I am so popular with all the boys since I was 12 years old and I learned to unhinge my jaw. Instant popularity. So according to businessinsider.com, the most popular drink at the moment for the fourth year in a row is the Old Fashioned. This is the number one drink in nearly 30% of the world's best bars. So we are serving up the Old Fashioned today, which is how Anne and Abby look at the world in an old-fashioned way. So for this, you are going to need one sugar cube wetted with three dashes of Angostura bitters, and a little soda. So a little club soda, you put that in together, you crush it all together, and you stir it with a large ice cube and two ounces of rye. Stirred, not shaken. Like my soul. So that's pretty much the uh, the recipe for the old-fashioned. And he's, uh, he's bringing it over here to the tabla so we can give her a taste and make sure that everything is on the up and up. Because oh, it's one now. o'clock on a Sunday and I'm way too sober. So check out our Instagram at DearPotOfficial.com for a picture of what our cocktail here should look like. Oh, it smells oh, lovely. God. And we're going to have the recipe up there. We're also going to have some pictures from today up there for you guys to check out. So check out DearPotOfficial over on Instagram and the Twitter where we post fun pictures and no selfies at all. Why do you make me work for the toast? Oh, there it is. Oh, oh. She, oh, but, and oh, a stirrer. Slowly. Oh, slowly. Mm. That is delicious. It's refreshing, surprisingly. It's like a Cosby cocktail. I'm going to wake up six days later on someone's couch. You're definitely going to be tied up when you come to, that's for sure. Well, 
Wow, that is, that's not your mama's old-fashioned. That is a good slap in the face. It is very strong, oh. but it's very refreshing. It is very refreshing. And you know, on a day like today, when it's 5,000 degrees outside, I recommend Jim's Old Fashioned. So I hope that you enjoyed us. If you haven't, uh, don't don't bother writing to us to tell us you don't enjoy us. But I do want you to rate, review, and subscribe. If you could hit that five-star button, that would be lovely. It can push us up the charts on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Play and Pocket Casts and Take it out and sniff your juicy fruit gum and walk outside, walk back inside, look to your right. Any wide awake bookstore, any fucking decent bookstore would have my book in it. Put your right hand in. Fuck. Take your right hand out. Put your right hand in and shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, then you turn yourself about. That's what popularity is is all about. Love, Abby. Now back to my quaaludes.